From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come To Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock East Coast time, and uh, repeat the program 10 o'clock at night on those same days. And of course, on Fridays, Cheryl joins me at 4 o'clock for two hours of Friday Live. Tomorrow, already Friday, I don't know where the week has gone, but we're here together on this June 18th, and I'm praying, my friends, you're having a blessed day and thanking you for taking some time out of your day to share this time with me and all of our family gathered here on the, these domestic church media radio stations and all of our platforms uh, that we broadcast on. Uh, today, of course, Thursday already. Mm, wow, where has the week gone? Uh, but it is Catechism Day, and I'm going to pick back up where we left off last week. You know, last week we uh, went to the section of the Catechism on uh, social justice. Hot topic these days, right? And uh, we... Uh, We'll continue with that because we started last week, Respect for the Human Person. Today we'll pick it up where the Catechism teaches about equality and differences among men. So we'll get to that. Um, And also, uh, we're going to pray in just a moment. But before we do that, just to kind of talk a little bit about what we're going to share this first part of the program. Um, Well, let's pray first. (laughs) Got to pray first. Got to pray first. So wherever you are listening or watching, my friends, you know, you can watch the program by uh, tuning into our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Uh, also live video streaming on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media. Also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And of course, all of our audio platforms. So we're praying for all of your intentions, my friends, whatever they may be, and we are also praying uh, for um, the world, <laughs> our country, our president, our elected officials, our church, our families. You know, and now as we approach uh, Father's Day on Sunday, all of the dads out there, hard job these days being a dad. Raising a family, trying to raise a family, a good Christian family in a world that's so hostile. It's so many times, so often, to those Judeo-Christian values uh, that we believe in. So pray for dads. Um, praying, for, of course, for our young friend Maria. Uh, and We're going to keep storming heaven with these prayers and just ask the Lord that the miracle may happen soon. Of course, we know everything in his time, in God's time, but we're praying for the miracle. We believe that the miracle will happen. Just have to be patient in that because God's time and God's timing is perfect. You know, that's the thing we always have to remember, whether it be that particular intention that we pray for or any of the intentions we pray for. God's timing is perfect. I remember reading a passage once in in conversation with God about the um, uh, young girl who... Uh, well, the mom of the young girl whose daughter, whose daughter was dying. And 
by the time our Lord got to her, uh, they said, you know, you, you're, you're too late. The little girl is dead. And Jesus said, no, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And, of course, he went in and she rose. And um, the reflection was that even though we may think God is late <laughs> and not on time, that his timing is always perfect. So the answer to the prayer that we pray and of course, I was, you know, Bishop Venerable, I Saint, not yet. Venerable Bishop Sheen uh, reminded us that there are not two, but three answers to prayer. One answer may be yes, one may be no, and one may be wait. So we have to be patient in that. So, anyway, taking all of that, let's come together now as family from across our very wide listening areas around the world and viewing areas. And we'll begin, my friends, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're praying the prayer that Pope Francis gave us to our Blessed Mother, prayer to our Blessed Mother, praying for the current pandemic situation. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, in this present tragic situation when the whole world is prey to suffering and anxiety. We fly to you, Mother of God, and seek refuge under your protection. Virgin Mary, turn your merciful eyes toward us amid this coronavirus pandemic. Comfort those who are distraught and mourn their loved ones who have died and at times are buried in a way that grieves them deeply. Be close to those who are concerned for their loved ones and who are sick and who, in order to prevent the spread of the disease, cannot be close to them. Fill them with hope, those who are troubled by the uncertainty of the future and the consequences for the economy and employment. Mother of God and our Mother, pray for us to, to God, the Father of mercies, that this great suffering may end and that hope and peace may dawn anew. Plead with your divine Son as you did at Cana so that the families of the sick and the victims be comforted and their hearts be opened to confidence and trust. Protect those doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, and volunteers who are on the front line of the emergency and are risking their lives to save others. Support their heroic efforts and grant them strength, generosity, and continued health. Be close to those who assist the sick night and day and to priests who, in their pastoral concern and fidelity to the gospel, are trying to help and support everyone. Blessed Virgin, illumine the minds of men and women engaged in scientific research that they may find effective solutions to overcome this virus. Support national leaders that, with wisdom, solicitude, and generosity, they may come to the aid of those lack, lacking the basic necessities of life and may devise social and economic solutions inspired by farsightedness and solidarity. Beloved Mother, help us to realize that we are all members of one great family and to recognize the bond that unites us so that in a spirit of fraternity and solidarity, we can help to alleviate countless situations of poverty and need, make us strong in faith, persevering in service, constant in prayer. Mary, consolation of the afflicted, embrace all your children in distress and pray that God will stretch out his all-powerful hand and free us from this terrible pandemic so that life can serenely resume its normal course. To you who shine on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope, do we entrust ourselves, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. And our prayers, my friends, to Saint Michael the Archangel and the beautiful Subtum Presidium prayer. To our Blessed Mother, Holy Father, I ask that we pray these prayers every single day. 
with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us, Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Pray for us, St. Pope John Paul II. Pray for us, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, as always, my friends, I thank you for praying and uh, what a great joy it is to be able to pray together. Um, you know, one thing uh, we didn't include at the top of our hour with the prayer request was, of course, we, I've been sharing with you our need for a new AM transmitter here at 1260 AM, kind of our flagship station. Uh, two weeks ago during that um, Direco storm, we had some very serious damage done to our transmitter, and we are, uh, you know, kind of did some, uh, our engineer did some, pat, some, some patchwork, I suppose you want to call it that, to keep the transmitter up and running. We're not at full power right now. Uh, we're flying on Band-Aids, basically. So the transmitter is over 30 years old. The parts that were destroyed cannot be replaced. So we are in need of a brand new transmitter, and the new transmitter runs about, oh, about $38,000. That's all. Um, I did receive a call yesterday from one of our dear listeners and, and uh, supporters who made a donation of $38 and said, okay, let's challenge 1,000 more people to do the same thing. That's all it takes, 1,000 people donating $30, $38. So anyway, thanks, Pete, for doing that. We appreciate that, and we're keeping you and your special intention in prayer, by the way. Um, so anyway, that's our need. I cast it out to you. Um, we have to get a transmitter or 1260 is done. It's off the air. <laughs> uh, so as always, as I've learned in the course of my work here at the apostolate, uh, using mother Angelica as our role model to have trust and faith and just say, Lord, this is your station. <laughs> If you want it on the air, you got to get us a transmitter. So anyway, I throw it out there, my friends. Uh, we are in dire need of a new AM transmitter for 1260. $38,000 is the uh, price tag to get it and install it. And if we can uh, just throw it out there, I just keep doing it. Just keep, keep casting the nets. The Lord tells me to do that. And so I do. So please keep that in prayer. Um that uh, we do the right thing and how to raise those funds. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we're trying a few different things. But I just throw it out to you because maybe there's someone out there, you know what, sitting on millions. <laughs> just sitting on millions. What's $38,000 that would provide a transmitter for an AM station in New Jersey and Pennsylvania that would broadcast the gospel message 24-7 to potentially millions of souls every day? Um, wouldn't that be something special? What a great gift to Almighty God that would be. So pray about that. Okay, well, you know, uh, 
I, I don't really get political here per se. Um, and we know that there are very great political divisions in our country. Uh, there are very great uh, right now uh, tensions in our country um, between races, sadly. Um, we've seen over the past few weeks uh, very tragic situations that have been highlighted, the death of um, Mr. Floyd, which was a, a very, very serious, serious, uh, hard-to-watch injustice done to him, a situation down in Atlanta recently um, where a, a uh, situation between police and, an, and another man have uh, escalated into, into, a, into his unfortunate death. That has, but all of these situations creating all kinds of stuff, and you know, and, and it's it's a, it's a horrible situation. The, the division in the world and the polarization in our country is a very sad thing. It's a very sad thing. I saw this morning on the news. I, I it was a beautiful thing actually. What I saw this morning was um, highlighted this this young uh, high school senior girl. Um, was singing a cappella, the national anthem, for her virtual high school graduation. And she was practicing. And they were filming her because they were going to play it during her graduation. Um, and a, a young uh, um, African-American man kind of came into the frame. And as this young lady was singing the national anthem, he began to harmonize with her. And they kept their distance, social distance. But she was a bit at first surprised to hear, but she continued, and, and this young man with a beautiful voice continued in the harmony of the national anthem. The two of them sang the entire national anthem. and It was a beautiful thing, and this is, this is the country we want. It's, it, it, this is what we want, right? And so I, I don't, you know, I see things on Facebook, and I just kind of ignore it. It's pointless, you know, trying to, trying to comment on Facebook and trying to argue and go back and forth with people on Facebook. It doesn't make any, it makes no difference because they don't care and people aren't going to change their minds because of what you're saying on Facebook. And people who are getting their news from social media have to be very careful because the social media is so biased in so many ways now. So there's just the whole thing is a mess, isn't it? Just a mess. And so I normally just ignore it. I just kind of let it pass, you know. And I'll tell Cheryl the same thing. I'll say, just you know, I I, I can't waste my time on stuff like that. It's just not worth it. I go on Facebook. I do because I, you know, we have a, a domestic church media Facebook page, so I'm on it to see what's out there, and I post, post things. And I have a personal Facebook page, but I remember getting the Facebook page years ago when my kids were in college to kind of keep an eye on them, <laughs> so I could see what they were up to. They had a friend me if they wanted to, you know, have internet access. Anyway, so I usually don't pay attention to that. But today, something I saw something that I, I just have to react to. I'm not going to react. I didn't react to it on Facebook. Um. But it is something that I saw that, that disturbed me. It was a Facebook post um, regarding Black Lives Matter. Okay? Now, Black Lives Matter, I still don't fully understand it personally, okay, as far as, as an organization. I understand the, the, um, the term and what, when people, you know, pro peacefully protest, I understand that. I understand that. 
I don't understand the organization. I've, I've been going to their website and reading and say, okay, what is it really about? I, you hear a lot of things, both positive and negative. So I'm still kind of personally researching that, so I don't comment on, on that. But, and I understand when people say Black Lives Matter, I say, if you mean that the lives of African-American people matter, I agree. Or of other uh, nationalities and people of color, I agree. Okay? But there was a post today that kind of, for, with me, hit a nerve. And I don't know the person who, with the original post, but let me just read it to you because it involves our faith. And that's why I'm, I'm responding to it here on my program. The post reads, and you can, it, it's, it's been going, getting around, because I, I then did some Google searches on it and found that it's, it, this wasn't a unique post to this. It, it's, been, it's been out there it's, for the past couple of weeks. But the post says, if you are a Christian and can't hear hashtag Black, Black Lives Matter without feeling the need to respond with a criticism that all life, all lives matter, then crack open your Bible and hit up Luke 15. And then the post continued kind of sarcastically. Don't have it handy? Let me summarize. And the post says this, There are 100 sheep, but one goes missing. Jesus leaves the 99 and goes after the one. The post continues, The 99, colon, quotation, so the 99 say, But what about us? Don't we matter? And the post continues, Of course the 99 still matter but they're not the ones in danger. The one is. And then it says, I'll say it again, hashtag Black Lives Matter. All right, so I read that, and I have, and I'll be honest with you, I have said when I hear that term, that being said, Black Lives Matter, I have in my own response to individuals or people I'm with say, but all lives matter. And I don't, I say that in all sincerity. And certainly not to diminish the fact that black lives matter. They do. But if I say, but all lives matter, it's not to diminish that, it's to encompass that all life created by God, matters. That's what I mean. Okay? This person says that it's a criticism of Black Lives Matter when you say that. I, I totally disagree. But what I wanted to really point out today was, yes, he uses this uh, example of our Lord's parable of the lost sheep, but if you really read it in context, and I'm going to go to my domestic church media mobile app and go to the Bible, which we have. The whole Bible is here on our app. So I go to the section. I open my domestic church media app. I go to the Learn section. There's the Bible. Hit the Bible app and then pull up Luke. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Okay. Let's read why Jesus told that parable of the lost sheep. 
This is Luke 15, verse one, beginning with verse 1. The tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and the scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So our Lord is being criticized and chastised uh, by the Pharisees and the scribes because he was eating with and associating with basically the outcasts of that particular society, that particular culture. So Jesus said to them and addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? That's right. What is Jesus saying there? (laughs) That they all matter. He leaves the ninety-nine not because they don't matter or because he's disowning them or because he's shirking them in any way. But he's reaching out to the ones that society say don't matter. He's saying, yeah, but I'm doing this because to me, what this, citing this particular parable just kind of reaffirms the fact that, yes, our Lord said, absolutely, all lives matter. He died for all people. And that's not diminishing those people who are sincerely, peacefully protesting the injustices done about uh, and to people of color, especially our African-American brothers and sisters. That's not diminishing that at all, in my mind. So it's the intent of the heart, my friends. And we shouldn't feel that we are, in saying that, all lives matter. I mean, listen, let's face it. If you say black lives matter, I'm going to say I agree with you. But if I say unborn babies' lives matter, and you say that that's a criticism of your, that's false. You have to agree with me that, yes, the lives of unborn babies matter. Black or white, no matter what the race, it doesn't make any difference. The lives of elderly people matter. The lives of the, the poor matter. And by saying that, that doesn't diminish what you are uh, protesting against and the injustices that have been done against a particular race of people. That's the problem. All, all we're doing is polarizing each other and categorizing. And it, it, it's, 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 it's a, 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 a divisive thing to do. I think if we all seriously take a hard, cold look at the way our culture is today, the majority of people are almost oblivious to this, unless you watch the news or read social media. Yes, there are injustices done against people of color. There are injustices done against white people, against police, against the unborn, against the elderly. It's out there. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the broken human condition. It's the fall in human nature. And Jesus taught us to love one another, not just to love those of our own race, our own creed, our own background, our own socioeconomic standing or or, or social situation. 
We have to stand up and speak out against all injustice. But this polarization of races and people and, and, and uh, age groups and creeds, th this goes against everything Jesus taught. So when Jesus left the 99, well, those 99 were within his fold. He has them. But I still have to go out to those who are outcast because their lives matter too, as much as the 99 matters. That's the problem in our world today. That's the problem. I have read on, on, on uh, and again, I don't answer the Facebook stuff. I don't even comment because it's, it's pointless. But I read statements and comments about uh, white Americans this and, and, and the oppression. And I, I got to tell you, it, it just knocks me over because I, 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 I'm not like that. And the majority of people aren't like that, just like the majority of, of black people or, or Asian people or uh, any other ethnic group are, are not in what their stereotypes say they are. I mean, didn't, I, I went through this in the 1960s. I don't know how we got back here. I thought we had way, way past that over and, and gone beyond that. So we have to open our hearts and our minds to each other and become colorblind, number one. No matter who the injustice is done to, to stand up and, sp and speak out against it. Whether the injustice is done against an unarmed black man or a, a police officer or an elderly woman walking on the streets of Manhattan who's punched in the face and knocked over and hits her head on a on a fire hydrant out of, for no reason at all by a person of a different race. It, 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 it's all injustice. And we all need to speak up against all of that. And as followers of Jesus Christ, our responsibility and our obligation is to do just that. When asked what was the greatest commandment, Jesus said to love the Lord God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole being. And the second to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't say to categorize them, to only love certain ones and only those who are having injustices done against them, to love everybody. I don't know about you, but I am really, really feeling the weight of all of this. And I'm not a person, you know, I, I pretty much can compartmentalize and, and put it aside. But the more I see stuff like this, when they start then, or when not they, I shouldn't say that, when, when posts on Facebook start to say things about uh, and, and criticizing Christians, let's face it, there are bad Christians. <laughs> there are bad Muslims. There are bad Buddhists. There, there are bad Jewish people. <laughs> But we can, if we allow ourselves, get hung up in all that and find ourselves weaving a web out of which we can't escape because we've entrapped ourselves with who knows what we said or did or the wrong way, said the wrong, you know, it wasn't PC correct, it wasn't, we just have to stop. Yes, Jesus left the 99 
to go find the one who was lost. Because, yes, that one was straying. He didn't really leave the 99. He didn't say this one is more important or this one has... Uh, this person's, this one sheep life matters more than the 99 matter. No, absolutely not. They're all important. They all matter. He wanted to bring that one back to the 99 (laughs) because they all matter. So please don't take it the wrong way. I'm not diminishing the sincere efforts by so many people who are standing up for injustices done against people of color, African-Americans and others. I totally understand and respect that. We all should be doing that, standing up for the dignity of every person. And any time there's an injustice done to anybody, to stand up and speak out against it. And I think when we say all lives matter, it's not to diminish or criticize black lives matter. It's just to say, I agree with you. And I I hope that if you saw the same type of injustice being done against an Asian or a a, a Native American or an unborn child, you would speak up and stand up and say the same things, that their lives matter. We have to pray, my friends, for, for unity, charity, mutual love, and really live what Christ taught us. That's the most important thing. And not allow ourselves to be dragged into the polarization, the division, the divisiveness, the, 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 the splintering of, of friends and family and co-workers over these things. We are all children of God, and our ultimate citizenship is heaven. Okay, I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the Catechism and continue our teaching from the Catechism on Social Justice. Stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me. think that street evangelization involves yelling out of a bullhorn telling people that they're going to hell. Not so with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Our methods are non-confrontational and effective. We simply offer information on the Catholic faith along with rosaries, miraculous medals, and prayer. Pope Francis wrote about how beautiful it is to see street preachers joyfully bringing Jesus to every corner of the earth. Street evangelization is fun and fruitful. Join us today at streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, 
P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Man who's free to love is free to hate. He who is free to obey is free to rebel. Virtue in this concrete order is possible only in those spheres in which it is possible to be vicious. A man can be a saint only in a church in which it is possible to be a devil. You say, well, if I were God, I would destroy evil. Well, if you did that, you would destroy human freedom. God will not destroy freedom. If we do not want any dictators on this earth, certainly we do not want any dictators in the kingdom of heaven. And those, therefore, who would blame God for allowing man freedom to go on hindering and thwarting his work are like those who, seeing blots and smudges and errors in the student's notebook, would condemn the teacher for not snatching away the book and doing the copy himself. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Point Pleasant to Pennington. Seagirt to Spotswood. From Yardley to Yardville. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this June 18th, 2020. I hope you're having a lovely day. Uh, hard to believe we're almost halfway through this year. <laughs> Isn't it right? July 1st will be the half year point. Oh my goodness. Where has everything gone? It's just been a, I don't know. It's been a year that we just need to hopefully get through and, and, and move on and just pray the Lord bestows many blessings on us. But you know, he might be trying to wake us up a little bit, too. So let's be aware of that. Uh, we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church in just a moment to uh, continue our teaching that we started last week on social justice from the Catechism. This is right from the Catechism, okay? And today we'll be going to the section on equality and differences among men. Uh, let's see. I did mention to you, if you're just joining us, that, uh, again, we have the great, great, great need of a new transmitter here at 12:60 a.m. because of that derecho storm that uh, took place um, 
two weeks ago, right? It was Dureco, Dureco. And uh, it did severe, ja- severe damage to our AM transmitter here at 1260, our flagship station. So we need a new one. And uh, it's going to cost about $38,000. Now, yesterday, I did mention to you, one of our uh, very loyal listeners and uh, donors left a little message for me on, on the phone here that he donated $38, and he challenges 1,000 more people to do the same, which is great. Good idea. And I just got a text. Thank you, Renee, who said, Jim, I just donated $38 for the transmitter. This was for prayers answered. I hope 999 more donate. That's a good way to start. You know, how do you... It seems like a, a massive number, right? But if we chip away, we can do that because we know that God, we need to keep these stations just broadcasting truth 24-7 and bringing the gospel of Jesus out to as many people as possible. You know, we're just called to love one another. Just love one another. I mean, it's a simple message, right? A simple message. And hopefully what we do here, broadcast that 24-7. And maybe more and more people will turn off the mainstream media and the social media and just begin to listen to the Word of God, to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and begin to live that, that message. And the world will become a better place, right? We're, we're called to build up the kingdom here. We're not called to tear down. And then that's why we all become so horrified when we see the looting and, and, the, and, the, and the robbing and the stealing and the destruction that, that's done in the name of justice. But we know most of those people were, were not there for any other reason than to loot and steal. The true peaceful protesters, we understand that. They're, and they have, and that God, I mean, we should thank God every day for the right to be able to do that in this country, to peacefully assemble. We have so many rights here that we should be every day thanking God that, you know, they don't have in other places around the world. But when that is used as an excuse for others to come in and and steal and rob and loot and and do damage and hurt and kill and and beat up, it's a horrible thing. It's not from God. Peaceful protesting, thank God that we have the, the opportunity every day to be able to do that freely. Even if we don't agree with those who are protesting for one reason or another, thank God they have the right to do that, as we all should have the right for free speech and right to assemble. But we also have the obligation, by virtue of our very human nature, to love one another. That's Jesus told us that. That's a commandment. So, anyway, again, thank you, Renee. Thank you, Pete, each donating $38, challenging now another 998 people to do the same thing. And let's just chip away at that number. 38,000 is the number we need to get this transmitter. Uh, So you can write to me here, Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509 Trenton, 0-8-6-2-8. You can write to me, and your gift is tax-deductible. Make your checks payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 0-8-6-2-8. Or you can do what Renee did, what Pete did yesterday. Go to our uh, uh, 
homepage, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on Donate Now and make a very secure online donation using your debit or credit card. Very quick and easy way to do that. We'll keep chipping away at that thirty-eight grand, right? We'll get it. God will provide. I know he will through the goodness of so many of you like Renee and Pete and others who will be sharing some of their blessings with us to get that transmitter in here and get the power of that word broadcast out. You know, our AM, 1260 AM, uh, where I am right now, that's where our main studios are, our main our headquarters. Um, this station, I mean, literally goes so far. I mean, up northern Hunterdon County, out into uh, Central Bucks County, Montgomery County, Northeast Philadelphia, down to Burlington, parts of Camden, parts of other uh, points south, all the way over into Monmouth County. I mean, it, uh, Middlesex County, Somerset County, it, it really gets out there. So we need this transmitter. We need to reach as many people as possible. So keep praying with me on that one, okay? I know you will. I know you will. Let's go to the catechism. And uh, this is the section of the catechism. We started this last week. You know, we hear, of course, the big hot topic of the day, social justice, which it should be. It should be. Uh, It's in the section of our catechism, part three, life in Christ, man's vocation, life in the spirit, the human communion, article three, social justice. And last week we went over the first part of this, respect for the human person. This week, we'll go into the second part, equality and differences among men. So listen what our catechism, what the Catholic Church teaches. Created in the image of the one God and equally endowed with rational souls, all men have the same nature and the same origin. Redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ All are called to participate in the same divine beatitude. All, therefore, enjoy an equal dignity. All. Notice how many times in that that, uh, first sentence the word all is used. Not some, not only these people. Not only that nationality or that race or that creed, but all people created in the image of the one God and equally endowed with rational souls, all men. And of course, when the catechism says men, you know, don't play the PC game. It means everybody, not not excluding women. All men and women, if I have to throw that in there, have the same nature and the same origin. Redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ, all are called to participate in the same divine beatitude. All, therefore, enjoy an equal dignity. That's how we are to see each other. As every person made in the image and likeness of God Every person endowed with a rational soul, every person having the same nature and the same origin, every person redeemed by the sacrifice of Christ, and everybody called to participate in the same divine beatitude, everybody, therefore, should enjoy an equal dignity. And the problem we have today, we've had since the very beginning, because of our fallen nature, 
is we allow ourselves to fall into uh, mindsets of, of, of prejudices and, and uh, even to the point of hatred. But that's not how God sees us. The Catechism says the equality of men rests essentially on their dignity as persons and the rights that flow from it. And then paragraph 1935 says every form of social or cultural discrimination in fundamental personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated as incompatible with God's design. This is the teaching of the Catholic Church. As Christ revealed this to her, and she has taught, the Church has taught faithfully for 2,000 years, from every I'm sorry, every form of social or cultural discrimination in fundamental personal rights on the grounds of sex, race, color, social conditions, language, or religion must be curbed and eradicated as incompatible with God's design. Discrimination, hatred, prejudice, it's a learned thing. You know, there's that song from what it's a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Uh, I believe South Pacific, South Pacific, which was uh, a, a musical they wrote in the 1940s. But there's a song in there called "You Have to Be Taught," and lyrics are "You have to be taught to hate." You know, you have a sandbox in a playground, pandemic notwithstanding. <laughs> you have a sandbox in a playground, and you have a group of three-year-olds of all mixed races and nationalities, boys and girls, and they will all play together. They're not going to see each other as below them or in a different class. or They don't see that. Sadly, those prejudices are taught to the children. And I think these days, you know, unfortunately... I guess that's why for some of us, and I don't, I don't say this in a, in a way that that's naive to the current, you know, I, I understand there will always be prejudice. There will always be people who can't accept another person for one reason or another based on race, creed, color, nationality, whatever. Sadly, it's sad. It really is. It's sad. It's not the way God intended it, obviously. But as someone who grew up in the 60s, when I understand during those times there were much greater prejudices then in the 60s that were brought to the fore, especially by Dr. King and others throughout the civil rights movement, that enlightened the culture, enlightened society to many things, 
And there were, yes, there were there were there were times, especially I think the year 1968 was a a turning point in all of that. Sadly, the year that Dr. King was assassinated. But having gone through that and grown through that and understood where we were and where we got to, and then again into the 70s and 80s and 90s, and to see the culture. I mean, my goodness, we elected a black president twice. That things were, that, that probably wouldn't have happened in 1960s. You know, so progress is made. And so you hate to see us take two steps back. You know, you want to keep building on the progress. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. We've not gotten there. But if we really live what Jesus taught us and what the church teaches here, it would be a lot different. Now, it continues. Our catechism continues. Paragraph uh, 1936. On coming into the world, man is not equipped with everything he needs for developing his bodily and spiritual life. He needs others. This is our catechism. Differences appear tied to age, physical abilities, intellectual or moral aptitudes, the benefits derived from social commerce, and the distribution of wealth. The talents are not distributed equally. These differences belong to God's plan, who wills that each receive what he needs from others, and that those endowed with particular talents share their benefits with those who need them. These differences encourage and often oblige persons to practice generosity, kindness, and sharing of goods. They foster the mutual enrichment of cultures. You know, and sometimes you have to stop and think, well, you know, why did so-and-so, you know, get this or have that or, and why am I this and why am I not that or why do I have this and that person doesn't and But again, these things tell us that these differences belong to God's plan, which which we don't always understand, obviously. We are called to take what we have been given, to share the benefits of whatever that might be with the needs of others. You know, I've seen enormous generosity in the, the many years that I've been doing this apostolate. People who have been blessed financially, who have stepped out in faith and, and done great things with their, their money for us. And I've seen wonderful things like we see you know, two, two wonderful donors who each donated $38 toward the transmitter, which I'm sure is an enormous sacrifice for them as well. I've seen people, and you know people yourself, who have many gifts and talents who share whatever that might be. It's not always a, a, a matter of, of wealth or, or financial gift. It could be other things. You know, I, I have, uh, we've had people here who have stepped forward and, and, and done things by using their, their, their carpentry skills for us. Which, by the way, I'm going to throw this out real quick. I need a good Catholic handyman or handywoman. <laughs> Uh, to help us around here. I can probably pay a, a, an hourly wage as needed. You know, it wouldn't be a regular job, obviously, but as needed, every now and then we need something done. Like, for instance, I have four HVAC units up, up I'm sorry, three HVAC units up in the attic that have to have the filters changed, and I can't get up there. And we need to change those filters, but I'd be happy to, and we have to need some painting done on the front door, 
things that just I don't have the time for. You know, I do mow the lawn. I do cut the big lawn out here. So, But those little things, if you know anybody who's, and I could pay an hourly wage as needed uh, to a, a good Catholic handyman or handywoman. And I say Catholic only because they, I'm sure they would enjoy being here. They would enjoy, <laughs> you know, being here with, with our chapel and our, our just having a good, nice, good Catholic environment. Uh, it doesn't have to be Catholic, but I'm, I'm assuming and if some, maybe there's a good person out there who happens to be Catholic who's looking for a, a Catholic environment. But whatever, whoever the God, whoever God sends us is fine. It doesn't have to be uh, of our faith, but but uh, just a good person, okay? Handy man, handy woman. Be great to have. Just give me a call. Um, okay, so our catechism talks about it says, uh, these differences that we have in, in, in whatever those gifts might be belong to God's plan. There exists also sinful inequalities that affect millions of men and women. These are in open contradiction to the gospel. Their equal dignity as persons demand that we strive for fairer and more humane conditions, excessive e- economic and social disparity between individuals and peoples of the one human race is a source of scandal and uh, militates against social justice, equity, human dignity, as well as social and international peace. So we know that there are, the catechism terms, uh, uh, sinful inequalities that affect millions of, of men and women. Um, and these are in open contradiction of the gospel. Um, but we are called as brothers and sisters in the Lord in our equal dignity, and we all are of equal dignity in the eyes of God as children of God, in a fallen world, in a world that places us in certain categories and and. Uh, looks at us in certain ways based on race, creed, color, social condition. Unfortunately, these things are out there. I was um, saying uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, in this uh, the early 1940s during the Second World War, my mother, who was Italian American, first generation. Um, after she graduated from high school, had to get a job, and she couldn't. They weren't hiring people whose last names ended in a vowel. So she literally, legally changed her last name so she could get a job. We look at that today, we think, are you kidding me? No, it's a fact. A fact. They wouldn't hire her because she was Italian-American. We've heard of the stories of the Japanese internment camps during the Second World War. Uh, you know, so we, this has been an ongoing thing down through the ages. But it goes against God's plan. It goes against all that we know as Christians. That we're called to love one another. So that was today from the Catechism, beginning with paragraph 1934 through 1938. Paragraphs 1934 through 1938. We'll stop there. Next week we'll get into man, uh, the human solidarity. I don't want to go a new, into a new section with just a, about a minute and a half left. 
I will at this point, though, my friends, then just reiterate, if you know anybody, a handyman, a handywoman who uh, is looking for uh, a little extra work, I can pay an hourly wage, uh, working in a good Catholic environment here. Uh, just little things every now and then that come up. As I said, you know, I have a, I have a, a lock on one of my doors that is jammed. I, I can't fix that. I have uh, uh, um, filters in my air filters in my HVAC units up in the attic that I can't get to that have to be changed. I have some painting around uh, our front door there that where the paint is coming off. And I just, little things like that, you know, that would be nice to have someone help help me around here. Uh, and as I said, I could, I could pay an hourly wage as needed. Um, but I do need that to help keep you know, the upkeep of the light bulbs being changed that I can't reach. And in the studio here, there's a, there's a whole whole track of lights that don't, they're all blown out and I can't get up there <laughs> to change them. So uh, and I, that's what I need. If you know about a handyman, handywoman, uh, just send them my way. You know, give me a call or email me because uh, we'd uh, be happy to uh, give them a little extra work uh, to help us through here to get some of these things done. Uh, one thing, you know, the Lord has blessed me in many, many ways. One thing he's not blessed me with is, is those types of skills. <laughs> so I've always envied people who are good carpenters and could do woodworking. And those, I just, I wish I could. I can't. Okay, I got to go. Listen, have a beautiful day, the rest of your day. Thank you for being a part of my day. Tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Cheryl's here with me for Friday Live. Two hours of all kinds of stuff, so come back then. Uh, again, my brothers and sisters, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for peace and love among each other. That's what we're called to do. Uh, my name is Jim Manfredonia. Thank you so very much for listening. God bless you, and God love you.